0: Hello, and welcome to the Gentle Living Podcast, a podcast for sensitive souls seeking to create a calm and gentle way of living. My name is Becky Corbett, a holistic nurse and highly sensitive person based in Melbourne, Australia. It is my mission to provide you with the information, resources, and tools that you need to nurture the nervous system using elements of science, spirituality, and intuition. I'm so happy to have you here. Hello and welcome to episode number three of the Gentle Living Podcast. I am so happy to have you here for my third ever episode and today I wanted to talk about what it means to be a gentle soul and why gentle souls are potentially the most powerful people in our world in my opinion. But how disconnection from harnessing your sensitivity as your superpower may actually be keeping you stuck and disempowering you to sometimes actually feel pretty powerless and overwhelmed. I want to share with you today how you can break free from this perceived limitation and actually harness your gentle soul and sensitivity and transform it into your number one superpower. So The fact that you're listening to this episode today tells me that you are probably certainly a gentle soul. So, that is someone who relates to being highly sensitive, has probably experienced anxiety to one degree or another, is empathic to the point of absorbing the energies of others and the world, whether these be positive or negative. Uh, You experience things deeply and you have a deep innate desire to serve, support or care for others. That's why gentle souls are drawn to professions like nursing, healthcare, medicine, healing, therapy or even sharing their gifts through the creative arts. You've probably also felt as a gentle soul that these traits are perhaps negative or weak i know i felt this way for the majority of my life and it's the message that is constantly perpetuated through society and the media in both the obvious and also the subtle or implicit ways there is a huge culture and an expectation of busyness of being loud of pushing through despite exhaustion a my most least favorite phrase as well, a sleep, you can sleep when you're dead mentality or the physical and the mental signs that your body is just screaming at you. My mental health work with my clients, I've noticed that it's really no wonder that conditions like chronic pain or unexplained physical symptoms are quite rife, especially with the attitude that we have in a Western approach with masking symptoms through medication rather than addressing the root cause. And I always want to be really clear here too. I absolutely support medication. I respect healthcare. And I believe science is really fundamental as well. My approach really is to combine the best of both worlds. So science and spirituality, because there is a huge gap. And like I touched on in the first episode of this podcast, It seems to be that science is quite a bit behind other practices of spirituality and an example is mindfulness or meditation. These have been practices that have been big in Buddhism and Eastern philosophies for thousands of years but not really accepted through medical mainstream means because there hasn't been any scientific research conducted around it. But now that there has, we have embraced it so much more in the Western world, whereas, um, you know, 20 years ago, these practices were still considered a little bit weird and we thought that they really weren't helpful. So I think it's so important to approach everything with an open and a curious mind. The big problem I see and in my work as a nurse within the hospital system in the Western world as well is ignoring root causes and seeking band-aid band-aids to issues as well. And so when we keep doing that, keep suppressing things, keep suppressing symptoms, they're just going to keep cropping up because the root cause hasn't been addressed. And my analogy for it is really just like if you think of weeds in the garden as well, sure, if you're just plucking the top of a weed off, that's going to hide it for a little bit and get rid of the apparent problem. But the root is still within the soil and so that's going to crop up again with it when the conditions are right and the problem is going to be ongoing until we can actually address it from the root cause. I'm not sure if that's probably where that phrase came from addressing the root cause but anyway that's something that I like to think of as well when addressing the root cause. So I know in my experience as well, working as a hospital-based nurse, um, in most of the places where I worked, there was always the expectation of just pushing through despite exhaustion. So, for example, there was discouragement of ever calling in sick unless it's something highly contagious double shift. So working from 7am until 10pm or from 2pm until 7am the next morning because there just weren't enough staff on shift or someone had called in sick I know that this doesn't just happen in nursing and healthcare. You may be experiencing or have experienced some form of this in the corporate world. So I know in professions like law, politics, teaching, these can be big problems too. Having that expectation of just pushing through your exhaustion no matter what, even as a parent or a carer. So when I created Gentle Living, I developed it to support myself through my journey of anxiety, stress, burnout, exhaustion, overwhelm, adrenal fatigue. I just felt called to address my own needs rather than to fit in with the cultural norms and expectations. And so I started really to just experiment with what was working for me. I started to implement practices and tools which uniquely supported my needs. I discarded things that were meant to be helpful but really weren't all that helpful. So an example for me was um, talk therapy. That was something that was not super helpful for me because I found that therapies for me such as expressing myself through art or drama, they were much more helpful. Whereas for other people, talk therapies are absolutely essential. So really I just had a look at what was uniquely supporting my needs as a highly sensitive and a gentle soul and I pretty much went completely against societal or cultural norms within the workplace. So as I followed my own path I really really wished I could just find the support or the guidance that I needed to normalize it for me. But that was, that was a bit challenging. Um, so, I, so as I developed Gentle Living, I figured that there probably are many other gentle souls out there camouflaging amongst these expectations. And so I felt called to share this approach so that I could support others. And so if this resonates with you, I just want to normalize this for you and assure you that there is a better way but it does involve unlearning some norms or expectations that you might have on you and changing course onto a different path that works for you. You definitely don't have to stay stuck in a cycle of anxiety, burnout, fatigue, exhaustion. It's time to harness your sensitivity as a gentle soul into a superpower and I've also covered this, I think, in episode two or episode one. I really believe that the world needs more sensitivity in our approach to things like healthcare and healing of the planet and in our communication style as well. So gentle soul, you're sensitive, empathic, have a strong ability to pick up on energies. You have great emotional intelligence. You just understand what to say or what not to say. You have strong intuition although you may also have a disconnect here due to the effects of chronic stress on your nervous system. But when you incorporate more gentle living, you will reconnect beautifully with your intuition. And it's about distinguishing between intuition and fear. So how did these things go so wrong and you've at one point or another been left to believe that these things are actually weaknesses? Well, as I mentioned earlier, there is a strong cultural expectation of busyness and the hustle culture. And feeling trapped in this is so totally overwhelming to the nervous system. As a gentle soul, your nervous system is sensitive to both the effects of busyness, modern day living, but it is also, and the good news is also sensitive to the effect of soothing and nurturing practices. The problem is there is a serious imbalance and the nervous system over time becomes chronically strained by the pressures of modern day living, especially if it's not recharged and nurtured in the way that you need as well. With this imbalance, the nervous system goes a little haywire and it makes way, it creates the perfect storm really for anxiety, panic attacks, inflammation, reduced immunity and that is the path to complete distress. What we're capable of as gentle souls is completely buried so we really need to be kind and to regain a balanced and well-regulated nervous system and that's when we can tap into sensitivity as our superpower. There's probably a better analogy for this which I will probably think of after I've recorded and launched this episode but If you think of a car, for instance, if you're speeding in it, you're going through harsh weather conditions, you're not maintaining it, you've just driven across the country, um, there's going to be some wear and tear, but over time you'll soon end up with a paint-chipped body of the car, a flat tyre, and it'll just be conked out. It's not going to be able to function anymore. Similarly, if we want to feel in alignment with our best selves, we really need to take the extra time to nurture the nervous system. And to implement the self-care that you need. So using the analogy of the car, you know, getting it serviced, making sure you're topping it up with fuel and the fuel that it needs as well. I don't know whether it'll be diesel or unleaded or depending on what country you're in, um, getting maintenance for it specific to the make and the model of that car. It's the same for you as well. What happens when you do start to nurture your nervous system? Well, you, you're you actually polishing up on your sensitivity and allowing it to then work for you and with you rather than against you. So over time, with this continual polishing and the nurturing of your nervous system and your sensitivity, it, your sensitivity sorry, will become an asset or, as I like to see it, a superpower. Really transforming this belief of sensitivity as a weakness to my number one superpower has honestly been one of the most empowering things I've ever done in my life, seriously. (laughs) And if you dig deeper, You will also find that throughout history, those who have made significant contributions and a positive difference to humanity in the world in some way are also sensitive souls. So I did a little bit of research before I recorded this podcast and some examples I found included Albert Einstein, Princess Diana, Jane Goodall, Goodall, sorry I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, Martin Luther King Jr., and also many award-winning accomplished actors also identify as being shy, introverted, or sensitive, which is probably exactly what makes them excellent actors. They're able to understand another perspective, put themselves in someone else's shoes, and to embrace the character that they're they're portraying. A transformational question to consider as a sensitive soul is, how would your life look differently if you channeled your anxious energy Or sensitivity into your passions. A lot of anxious energy, anxiety, it's often manifesting and it's out of control because it's not having an outlet that you can direct it into. And so how could you re-channel this energy rather than letting it wreak havoc over your life? So this could look like channeling your energy into your creative pursuits supporting or helping others in a bigger way than you thought possible and honestly your sensitivity is a gift and you need to re-examine your relationship with it if you're feeling as though it's holding you back because it in itself is not holding you back it is that negative belief and the way that you're responding to it and the way that you're pursuing your habits and your lifestyle which is actually holding you back. When you do that, when you can see that it is just a negative belief that is holding you back, you can redirect it and start to make a meaningful difference. I also want to be super clear here, though, as well, in that sensitivity and being anxious or having a mental health concern are quite different things, too. So, although these issues, do go hand in hand a lot of the time so if you're highly sensitive you're probably also more prone to anxiety and vice versa but it is so important to always be getting the management and the support that you need to manage any sort of mental health condition or distress how can you begin to transform your sensitivity into a superpower? Here's the good part, (laughs) so it really begins with your intention and your ownership so as with anything else. Okay you're sensitive, own it, it's time to own it. I give you permission to own it but I would really love you to give yourself permission to own it as well. I'm suspecting that someone at some point in your life has also pointed out your sensitivity to you but probably more so in the lens of it being a flaw or a weakness. So some examples which are really common are things being said such as stop being so sensitive, stop overreacting, what's wrong with you, that kind of stuff. And so naturally you'll have probably wanted to separate yourself as time has gone on from being seen as sensitive because it is sort of really seen through such a negative lens. And so it's time to reframe that and to recognize that this is just an old opinion or an outdated view of someone else but it doesn't actually reflect the true essence of you. I appreciate that this can be really difficult though and it's always an ongoing journey for me as it is for you. When you've been told that a trait you hold in some way is negative, especially if you were told during childhood, during your teens or even early adulthood, the natural tendency is to withdraw and to suppress those true feelings and to hide any signs of sensitivity at all costs. And this is the brain's way of protecting yourself so that you can fit in with the social norms and avoid ostracism and exclusion, which was super helpful during caveman days when we really needed to be part of the tribe to make sure that we got food and that we weren't eaten by a lion. But now it's become a bit too much We worry too much about avoiding that ostracism and exclusion to the extent that we are suppressing our sensitivity as our superpower. So it can be difficult to polish up on that superpower, but good news is I've got some steps that will help to get you started on claiming ownership over your superpower and transforming your relationship with it. So, like I touched on just before, number one, own it. It is your, it's time to own your sensitivity and recognize that it is an actual gift. According to Dr. Elaine Aaron, who actually pioneered the concept of the highly sensitive person, and she is a highly sensitive person herself. She's a psychotherapist and she's written a wonderful book called The Highly Sensitive Person apparently well in terms of her research around about only 15 to 20 percent of the population are highly sensitive the fact that you hold this trait is so precious number two identify how it manifests for you in what types of situations whether that's positive or negative pleasant or unpleasant and it's probably pretty multifaceted. I know that it is for myself and for other sensitives. So for instance, for me, I experience overwhelm when I visit busy shopping centers, the bright lights, the loud noises, the collective energies of multiple other shoppers in a small place. It can really get me into a bit of a tizz. I've learnt. How to navigate these situations better, such as getting my groceries delivered, so that my sensitivity can be better channeled elsewhere rather than being negatively heightened or triggered in these situations. Or if I don't get my groceries delivered, I will consider the time of day that I shop. I often find that in the mornings, really early in the mornings, or in the late evening. After rush hour, these seem to be the best times because it's not as busy and I can sort of wander the grocery stores a lot more leisurely. Also, if that's not possible, just doing some grounding practices like meditation or breathing before I go. So rather than just leaving the house really suddenly, not having worried about What I've done for my own grounding for that day, I will always even just take a few minutes to ground myself if I know that it's going to be a really hectic or busy situation. Also, my sensitivity manifests quite pleasantly in really quiet situations. So such as on nature walks, I often find myself more attuned to nature, my mind stills, my creativity awakens, that kind of thing. So identify how does your sensitivity manifest and in what types of situations. Number three, consider your finely attuned sensitive gifts as a sensitive you'll naturally have more heightened senses than non-sensitives but which ones are you really connected with? Are you super connected with the arts? Does beautiful art or music get you emotional? Do you have a knack for taking care of plants and animals? Do you walk into a room and just instantly sense the energy of the people in there? For instance feeling as though a fight or some sort of tension has just happened are you able to sense those sorts of things do you have a vivid and a colorful imagination consider your more attuned sensitivities to be your clues as to where your superpower may lie that leads me on to number four what is your superpower and how can you use them here is where you can channel your energy and gift of sensitivity into your personal mission and sense of purpose. I wholeheartedly believe in the power of harnessing your sensitive gifts, or any gifts for that matter, to make a meaningful difference. Like I touched on earlier, the sensitives I found in my research, such as Albert Einstein et al., did exactly this and they have made a lasting impact. If you're great with plants and animals, how can you support and contribute to caring for the environment? For example, could you start volunteering at your local park or even by offering to take care of your neighbor's yard if you don't have your own? This is the fun part where you get to start to be creative and think of all the ways that you can harness your sensitivity and apply it in in your life. And after potential years of it being hidden or suppressed, your sensitivity um, and you are just going to love this. It's going to start to really bloom again. Number five is how can you get started today? there's really never any time like the present and it's about taking small yet collective steps on whatever you feel like the most inspired action for you to take is through recognizing my sensitivity as my asset it's led me down the path of developing gentle living which was initially a journey to take care of myself and to rebalance my nervous system after decades of anxiety compounded by chronic stress and exhaustion but it's now developed into my passion to share this journey and the gift of gentle living with others. Just get started today. Follow your own inspired path and no matter how, you know, even if it's a really small step that you can take or even something big or a big plan if anything comes to mind. Because I wholeheartedly, if you believe that if you follow these little clues They will lead you towards your greater joy, passion, contentment, and to more fulfillment as well. So that's it from me for today, gentle souls. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope that you've enjoyed this episode and that it has sparked some inspiration for you and that it's helped you to reframe your sensitivity, if you haven't already. Or if you're already on board with your superpower, I hope it's given you some further affirmation and validation of what you already innately know. Before I let you go today, I would love to invite you to sign up for my free five day gentle living challenge it is a workbook that I put together which outlines elements of gentle living that I've used to incorporate into my life to balance my nervous system and that have worked for my clients as well and it is would be delivered to you via email so across the course of five days and are practices that you can actually implement over five days using the elements of earth air fire water and spirit so if you would like to sign up just go to nurse.com forward slash five the number five five day gentle living challenge and you can sign up there Otherwise, if you go to my website, nurse.com and just go to my free tools and resources section, you can also sign up there. I would love to see you there. If you have enjoyed this episode today, please leave me a comment. Please leave me your feedback. Please also subscribe to let me know that you are finding this interesting and also let me know your insights as to what would be helpful for you to know a bit more about as well in supporting your nervous system and your journey as a gentle soul thank you so much once again gentle souls i look forward to connecting with you again soon